36 of the only English language podcast all about Brazilian football. I am, of course, your host, Peter, joined as always by Enric. And Enric, we've got a great episode today. How excited are you for the start of the Brasileirao? Hey, Peter. I'm very excited. It's been five months since the Campeonato Brasileiro ended. And even though it doesn't seem this long because we've been watching so many games recently, we're here and we're really glad to start the Smoking Snake podcast with uh, Rodada One, as they call in Brazil, of Campeonato Brasileiro. Yeah, 100%. So so here's the deal. Uh, the agenda for this episode is we're going to just talk a, briefly about Santos and Botafogo uh, in the Copa do Brasil, uh, talk through a few, or uh, we'll just go over the results of some Copa do Brasil uh, fixtures. We'll take a look at some of the fixtures of that first round, Enric, that you uh, already talked about in the Brasileirao and Serie B. Um, and then we'll get into our legendary predictions. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of an average uh, aggregate table between the two of us. Uh, we both selected our tables and our predictions for the year. We're going to combine them and we're going to get the official Smoking Snake um, uh, prediction table. So uh, that's the agenda. But we're going to start off in Copa do Brasil, um, uh, looking at uh, Botafogo, of San, uh, Botafogo of Sao Paulo and Santos for two reasons. Uh, one, because we're Santos fans, but also today, Friday, April 14th, uh, marks the um, 111th year uh, of existence for Santos Futebol Club. Uh, founded on this date, uh, April 14th, again, 1912. Uh, same day as the Titanic started sinking, um, and the saying is that uh, one giant on one side of the Atlantic sunk so that one giant on the other side of the Atlantic could rise. So, uh, Enric, any thoughts on Santos's 111th birthday? Really impressive. Well, it's quite a lot of time since this amazing club was created, and it's funny the story that you mentioned I think I learned about this on Twitter from you like a couple of days ago, and I had no idea that both of these events happened to be in the same year or the same date. So it's pretty cool to know that. And hopefully uh, we know Santos has won a lot of championships in the past. Hopefully it's going to be the same in the future as well. Yeah, 100%. And let's start off with one of those those titles that they could win. They're definitely still in it. Uh, the Copa do Brazil um some of the more serious stages. The third stage has started this week, first legs, and they got a win away from home, 2-0 over Botafogo of Sao Paulo. Um, Enric, looking at some of the stats here, they may have been a little bit lucky to get this win, but I think when you're looking at the at the game as a whole, how do you feel about uh, Santos's performance and, uh, and getting that first leg win, uh, especially by two goals? I feel pretty good uh, coming into this game. I thought that it's going to be a way more difficult match than we expected because the fact that Santos has not played Botafogo from Sao Paulo in this last Campeonato Paulista or even last year, I think last time they played was back in February 2020 where Botafogo 
from Sao Paulo won. So I was a little afraid uh, knowing that they were playing in their home stadium too. But that's how the game started. Botafogo uh, attacking and creating really dangerous chances in front of goal and in the opening minutes. But it's still their biggest chance didn't come until the goal that was scored by Lucas Lima, who took the shot and... Even though the ball got blocked by the goalkeeper on the first try, he scores in the rebound. And it was his first professional goal since October 2021 when Fortaleza played against Atletico Paranaense. And the last goal he scored for Santos happened to be in September 2017, also in a 2-0 win against Corinthians. And the other goal was scored by Ricardo Oliveira. So... It's a long time ago since he last scored for the club and we're really happy to see him get into the score sheet and give gave Santos the lead. And it didn't take long also for Marcos Leonardo to get his goal as well from a penalty kick after he got fouled inside the box. So it was a pretty good first half for Santos. Of course, Botafogo had their chances, which they couldn't take. 15 shots and uh, on goal, uh, three of them went to the target and still they didn't manage to score against us. So I'm really happy João Paulo did what he had to do. Also with Nathan in the 80th minute, he had some crucial goal line clearances that saved us and got us the clean sheet, which we're really going to be happy to take in Villa Belmiro when we play in the next week or two. Yeah, and 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 the the two highlights that I just want to just um, put a pin in here are, are that uh, Lucas Lima goal, uh, great great effort there from him, but also that pass from Doji. How about that? Uh, and and really good run uh, from Lucas Lima as well to stay on side. He just was on side, um, but it was clear that it, it was indeed on side. And, and Doji is an incredible pass, just. Perfect in every sense of the word. And yeah, that Natan clearance really saved us there. Uh, horrific chance to give up. Um, the Botafogo players cut it back. And, and uh, on the far side of the box, this uh, Botafogo player was wide, wide open. Um, but uh, luckily, Natan was there at the at the far post and uh, cleared it. So um, uh, pretty, pretty solid win. Um, and they, like you said, they'll be very happy to to take that result back to Villa Belmiro um, and, and have a really good chance with progressing uh, again um, in the Copa Brazil. Um, Botafogo also, you'll, you'll recall, is the reason, um, well, one of the reasons they couldn't get it done on that, that uh, they couldn't do us a favor on that last day of uh, Pauli style that we couldn't sneak in. So good to get one back on them. Um, a lot of other action uh, in the Copa Brazil, uh, uh, going on. And wow, when you talk about some zebras, we had some big ones. Enric, uh, what's going on with some of these matches? I'm, I'm thinking most of uh, mostly about Atletico Paranaense's loss and, and Flamengo's loss. Well, it was a crazy week uh, in the Copa do Brazil. It started off on Tuesday with Santos winning and also Bahia Internacional and Fortaleza comfortably getting their win, either home or away. Sao Paulo was a little bit of a disappointment, tying 0-0 at home against Ituano. So their return leg is going to be a little difficult. But then going into Wednesday's games, uh, Perico Paranaense and Corinthians both lost and both played away from home. Lerico Paranaense conceded one goal, I believe, in the 88th minute. 
but Corinthians conceding two from a historic club. And this is something that we, I think both of us like to see Remo winning this match and boy, did they win it two goals at home. Still, it doesn't mean that they're going to be automatically qualified because Corinthians can be a really dangerous team in the return leg, but it's crazy to see these smaller teams from the third or fourth division come up against uh, first division sides and get those winning results whenever needed. Uh, you fear for them on the on the return or on their away leg, um, but awesome to see them get that home win. Also on Thursday, uh, uh, Nautico beat Cruzeiro one nil, and a huge surprise, uh, Maringa beating Flamengo two nil. Um, don't know much about the club; it's relatively new, but um, uh, former well. Menino de Avila, uh, Mateus Moraes plays for Maringa. He was a really good uh, youth prospect at some, at one point in, in Santos, um, and it just didn't didn't work out for him. But yeah, some crazy results in in the first leg here. A lot of big teams playing away, probably gearing up for the the start of the Brasileirão. Uh, but even so, I mean, these are third and fourth divisions teams that uh, that are are winning um, these first legs. So. So great to see, and and I'm really happy that a lot of these teams got historic wins, um, and we'll just be hoping that they uh, they can they can hold on in that second leg away from home. All right, so like we've already mentioned, uh, the Brasileirao, both the Serie A and the Serie B kick off um, this weekend. Serie B actually kicking off um, as we record this uh, right now, actually 6 p.m. Um, Enric, uh, any fixtures that you have highlighted here for Serie B uh, before we talk through the Serie A uh, um, fixtures? Well, today's games are going to be fun to watch. Guarani playing against Avaí, Avaí who got relegated from last year's division, and Ituano playing against Ciara, two great teams who, in my opinion, are going to give us a really big match to watch. And today, tomorrow and Sunday are going to also other teams are going to be playing but i'm not really expecting to watch these teams because of course the big action in Serie A begins and this will be mainly a league where people just watch for fun if there is not no other games getting played at the moment yeah for sure and and that's that's a perfect uh entrance point to the uh Brasileirao Serie A um first round fixtures uh, we've got some big games. We've got some lopsided games, um, but it's really going to be a big one. So, Enric, uh, what's what's the your number one fixture that you have an eye on, um, and uh, what are some of the other ones that you really are excited to uh, to watch? Well, uh, now that we've gone through Copinha and all the state leagues. I don't know if you remember me saying this before, but any team that I view now in Brasileiro Serie A is as if I'm watching Real Madrid against Barcelona. Two top, te- top teams playing against each other every time. And if I had to choose one, it would be the last match of the week, which is Gremio against Santos. I think may- maybe because we're Santos fans, uh, we're deciding that this is probably the big- biggest match. But... There's other big matches anywhere that you could see. America playing Fluminense, Botafogo, Sao Paulo, Internacional uh, Fortaleza, Atletico Mineiro playing Vasco. 
and Cruzeiro coming up against Corinthians. All of these are big matches, and I'm really looking forward to watch as many of them as possible. Yeah, I think the Santos and Gremio match is going to be really interesting from, even if you're not a fan of either team. I mean, you've got Luis Suarez, you've got Santos, a team that has been kind of lower mid-table for the past few years, and you've got Gremio, who are coming up from Serie B, but they are surging. They have that trophy in their pocket already from their state uh, tournament, and uh, they are a team that um, I think could surprise uh, as you may find out in my predictions later. Um, but yeah, lots of fascinating fixtures. Same thing with Cruzeiro and Corinthians. Um, Flamengo and Coritiba also butt heads on Sunday. The Saturday fixtures are Palmeiras and Cuiabá, America and Fluminense. Botafogo and Sao Paulo is a big one. Uh, Red Bull Bragantino face Bahia, uh, Goiás and Atletico Paranaense, Fortaleza and Internacional, and Atletico Monero versus Vasco. That's all the Saturday games. Um, so tons of action. And like you said, Enric, after watching a lot of these minnows face off against other minnows or even uh, other big teams, this is truly going to be a, a treat to watch these high-quality sides go head-to-head. Um, and uh, I know you and I were texting all week. We cannot wait. We're so excited. And uh, you definitely should be, too. If you're someone who is uh, sick of the predictability of the European leagues, uh, then Brussels out is for you. Um, all right. So with that being said, let's get to the main reason why we are here today, Enric. The predictions. Syria predictions. We tasked each other with ranking the teams 1 through 20. We're going to go through all 20 of them. Uh, and we are going to give them um, our number. And then we're going to take the average. And we're going to get the official Smoking Snake ranking. If there is a team uh, on the off chance that is uh, tied. Um, I think, what, what do we say? We're going to have to talk through it. Um, yep, we're and... going to be deciding that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So hopefully that uh, that does happen, and we can we can really uh, pry into the numbers and uh, and get this official ranking. So uh, without any further ado, the official 2023 uh, Brasileiro rankings done by Enric and I. All right, Enric, let's start with America Monero. Last year they finished tenth. Uh, they actually were in the group phase of the Libertadores, managed by Wagner Mancini. Um, some key additions, Emmanuel Martinez, uh, Gonzalo um, and Dada Belmanchi, uh, but then they also lost Conchi and uh, Luan Patriki. Uh, Enric, where do you have America Monero? I have America placed as number nine. I know there's been changes compared to last season, but the latest state league results and the Copa do Brasil matches have greatly impacted my decisions on all these teams that we're going to be going through. So number nine for America for me. What about you, Peter? Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm um, thinking in similar manners, but I actually think they're going to take a small step backwards. I actually have them at thirteen. Uh, I think they are a team that are greater than the sum of their parts. Um, and I think they've been overachieving a little bit uh, over the past two years in the rest of the round. Um, and I think they're just going to take a small step back and that's less to do with uh, them as a team. But I think some of the other sides that have entered the division and sides that have 
uh, been in the division. Um, I think they've improved more than America Monero. So I am going 13 uh, for America Monero. Um, all right, now, next up, Atletico Parnain say they finished sixth overall last year. They were the Libertadores runner-up, managed by Paulo Tura. Uh, they added Kaiki Rocha, Madsen, uh, William Bigoji, and Bisoli, Guillermo Bisoli, who was one of the top scorers for Avaí last year. Uh, but they lost Mateus Fernandez, Abner, and Nico Hernandez, amongst others. Uh, Atletico Parnaense, I'm going out on a limb here. I say they take a step forward. I have them uh, riding on Vitor Roque's uh, coattails, I suppose you could say, uh, to a fourth place finish. Uh, what do you think of that? Wow, that's crazy how you came up with this prediction. I don't know. For some reason, I think that there's other way bigger teams at the moment in Brazil. So surprisingly, Atletico Paranaense for me is going to be placed 12th. Moving on to Atletico Mineiro. Uh, placed seventh last year. A bit disappointing. Uh, quarterfinals in the Libertadores, managed by Eduardo Cude. Uh, added the youngster Paulinho, Edge Nielsen, Bruno Fuchs. Uh, Igor Gomes from Sao Paulo, uh, but they lost Kino, Nacho Fernandez, Guga, and the striker, former of Santos, Eduardo Sasha. Enric, Atletico Minero, Gallo, champions two years ago. Where do you have them? I have them as number eight. Number eight. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting. I also think that they aren't as strong as they have been. I think they have um, some aging players. Uh, and I have them just two spots above in, in sixth. Okay. Um, all right. Now, interesting one here. Bahia, uh, coming up from Serie B, placed third in Serie B last year, uh, managed by uh, the first of many Portuguese managers that we'll talk about today, Renato Paiva. Uh, they added the uh, city-owned youngster, Kaiki, Ejimir, Iago Felipe, uh, Marcos Felipe. Um, but they also lost Patrick De Luca, Davo, and Oroda Yega. Um, so Bahia, for me, they're going right back down. I have them at 18th place. Wow, okay. You're not too far from me. In my opinion, they'll stay in the Serie A division. So they're going to be placed at 16th. And heading up to the next team, uh, the team that maybe many people would think that they're going to do great this year, Botafogo. I have them placed as number 11. How about you, Peter? Nice. Yeah, that would be that would be in line with their result last year. Um, uh, Luis Castro is the is the manager. They added a few pieces, Marlon Freitas, uh, Luis Segovia, but they also lost Saravia and Jeffinho. Um, I actually, I'm kind of high on Botafogo. You said 11. I have them at eight. <laughs> All right. Another team. I'm wondering where this is another, this is a team that I, I had some serious trouble uh, placing. Uh, our friend Fabian is very familiar with this team. Corinthians finished fourth last year. Runner up in Copa do Brazil. Quarterfinals in Libertadores. Managed by Fernando Lazaro. Uh, they added a few players, including Christian Barletta, Mateus Bidou, and of course, Angel Romero. Um, but they also got rid of Lucas Piton and um, 
Raul Gustavo. Uh, Enric, I have them small, small step back in fifth place. Where do you have them? Okay, uh, not too far again for me. Only two spots below. It's going to be number seven for me for Corinthians. And right. going into the next team, uh, Coritiba. Uh, of course, both of us, I think, would agree that they're not a good side this year or they haven't been in the previous seasons. I haven't placed as 19th, Peter. What's your 19th. prediction? Okay, I have them uh, just two spots above, 17th. But I tell you what, Enric, you were tweeting the other day about Aleph Manga, and I was really considering flipping them uh, <laughs> to 16th. I'm not going to do it. I don't think they have the roster for it. But Aleph Manga is a great player, and I think he might be on the market next year because they, in my opinion, will be getting relegated in that 17th place. Um, just really quickly, they finished 15th last year. Uh, another Portuguese manager, Antonio Oliveira. Um, William Potker joins them, uh, as well as Junior Urso, uh, formerly of um, Corinthians and Orlando City. Uh, but they lost Leo Gamalio and Egidio. Um, so I have them there at that 17th place. Um, all right. Now, another newcoming uh, team, Huzero. They won Serie B in style last year, uh, but they've already fired their manager. They replaced them with another Portuguese man, Papa, um, and they added a, a, lots of pieces. Uh, Nicao, formerly of Atletico Paranaense and, uh, and uh, Sao Paulo, although it didn't work out from there. Mateus Vital, uh, two Wesleys, Wesley Gasolina on defense, and uh, Wesley Ribeiro uh, as a forward. Uh, they got rid of uh, Louvenir, uh, Edu, and Hapa Silva. Um, for me, Cruzeiro, I have them just barely escaping relegation in 16th place. Wow, you're very, very close now. I have them set as number 15th. Uh, maybe before the season started, I would have said Cruzeiro was going to end up top eight. But depending on how they played in the state league, where they really suffered with results, not only in the knockout stages, but also in the league itself, that completely changed my idea about them and looking at the result last or yesterday, uh, losing in the 88th minute against Nauchiko really changed my mind. So I think they're not going to be doing, having a promising season this season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's looking interesting. I mean, with the new manager, anything can happen. I think some of their signings are question marks and, um, and I just, I, other than that, I just don't know if they, they really have the, the, the depth to, to really compete for a Sudamericana spot. Um, but again, it's a, a really interesting team. And um, I mean, again, they won Serie B last year in style. Um, so who knows? They, they might move up that table. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And another team that's probably going to suffer, and I think the worst of them all, number 20th, is going to be Cuiabá. And I don't know what's your prediction about them, but I would imagine it's not too far from my prediction either. It is one spot away. I have them in 19th place. Cuiabá, um, yeah, they they might be in some trouble. Uh, they have Deverson, formerly of Paul Maris, of course, winning uh, Libertadores, winning goal a couple of years ago. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I think they are definitely going to suffer. Um, uh, Portuguese manager. Uh, they finished 16th last year. Ivo Vieira is their uh, is their manager. They they brought in a few players: Fernando Sobral, Pablo Sapellini, uh, Isidro Pita as well. Uh, but they lost Rodriguinho and uh, the the center mid Pepe uh, went to Gremio uh, for some decent money. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the, those those two players leaving uh, were, were kind of some of the last really. Syria quality players that they have um, and Deverson's getting, getting ancient. So I don't see this season going well for them. That's why I have them in 19th. Um, all right. A big one, Enric, this one could be controversial depending on where you have them. Um, Flamengo finished fifth last year, uh, possibly surprising to people that don't follow the league, uh, but they won the Copa do Brazil and they won Libertadores. Uh, question mark, who's going to be at the helm? Vitor Pereira was just fired this week after the um, shocking performances um, and letting Leeds, sleep, uh, Leeds slip uh, in a number of competitions. They've lost every competition they've entered so far this year. Um, uh, they added only just the one big ad. Gerson is back, um, but they've also lost Shao Gomez, Hojini. And both Diego's, that's Diego Alves and Diego Ribas, uh, formerly of Santos. So um, Flamengo, for me, I think they're going to get it figured out. And I think they're going to bounce back up to third place. What do you have there, Enric? This is the first team that we both agree <laughs> on. Uh, I have them Flamengo set as three, in my opinion. There's two other big teams in Brazil who can finish higher than them, which we're going to lead on uh next but uh in my opinion flamengo is not a bad team but they're not really good either and depending on who they get as a coach they're still going to need their time to rebuild in their season and a jump from let's say fifth to second or fifth to one is not going to happen to them and maybe they're going to be focusing more on the libertadores as they did last season yeah all right i i 100 agree um, on, on possibly focusing on Libertadores, they've really owned that competition for the last few years. Um, and I think, um, like you said, the manager, whoever they get, whether it's Jorge Jesus or if it's, um, you know, another manager, um, whoever they bring in, there's going to be an adjustment period. There might be a new manager bounce, but I think they're going to start the season a little bit slower. Um, and I think they can work their way up back to those top three spots, definitely Libertadores uh, contending team for the spots in Libertadores. But, uh, but yeah, ultimately I don't think they just have it this year for, for the title. All right. Uh, so going into the next opponent, which happens to be Fluminense. I think they did really good last or this season in uh, Carioca and they're, going to continue to impress in both Copa Libertadores and Copa do Brazil. In my opinion, Fluminense is going to win their Brasileiro this season. Oh. I have them as number one. Wow. Love it. I love it. Um, listen, I have them as number two. <laughs> Not too far. <laughs> just, just one off. Uh, they disappointed in Libertadores last year, um, going out on pens in a qualifying round to um, Olympia, Paraguay. Uh, 
possibly Brazil's next uh, national team manager is at the helm for them. Um, he's viewed as the savior of Brazilian football, Fernando Diniz. Uh, he's already got two trophies under his belt this season. Um, they've added some really, really nice pieces. Lele from Volta Redonda, one of the best scorers in Campeonato Carioca. Uh, Guga and Kino, uh, really nice players. George, um, you might remember from his time at Palmeiras. And Santos before that, also played in Europe. Um, Gabriel Pirani as well, also from Santos, really nice player. Um, and then the big one, Marcelo, coming back. He's already played in two games, got a goal, and what a goal it was. Uh, they lost a few players, Iago Felipe, Kyle Paulista, Nathan, uh, Mateus Martins as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're going to be right up there, and I think they're going to be challenging. I think they're just going to fall a little bit short. I think their depth is a little bit worried. But when you look at the ins and outs in terms of players, I think without a question, they've improved their roster. They've got the best manager in the division, in my opinion. Um, they play a free-flowing, exciting game. And I think that experience, that grind, that um, some of the intangibles have kind of come together. You've seen them go toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with big, big teams in Campeonato Carioca um, and, and come out on top. You've seen them face adversity. Um, so I, I really like this team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do up winning it, uh, end up winning it. But uh, for me, I, I think it's a little bit more likely that they end up in the second place. Um, all right. So let's move on to Fortaleza. Uh, finished in eighth place last year. Um, round of 16 in Libertadores. Not too bad uh, for a team like Fortaleza. Um, I really love the manager, Juan Pablo Voivoda. Uh, really, really acclaimed. Um, got some players uh, coming in, including Iago Pikachu, is back uh, on loan for the rest of the year. Uh, they added uh, Vinicius Zanocello from Santos, uh, Bernardo Chapo, uh, Bruno Pacheco, uh, but they lost a few really nice players, Juninho Capixaba, uh, first and foremost, and then Lucas Lima, who we talked about earlier, um, really doing well for Santos, uh, got his first goal and uh, scoring some or, or chipping in some nice assists. Fortaleza, again, one of those teams, I think, have been a little bit kind of for me, like America uh, Monero, a little bit of an overachieving squad. I think some of these teams that are coming to the division um, and some of the teams that have been there have improved too much and Fortaleza, Fortaleza won't be able to hang. I think they're going to be caught up in the dead zone in 14th place. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Fortaleza is not is going to have any good season this time. And I have him set as 13th, so not too far from you once again. Nice. All right. And going into the next team, uh, which is going to be Goyas. Uh, in my opinion, they're a team that without Pedro Raul won't be able to have their goal-scoring chances as last season. And they're going to be falling to Serie B, and I have them set as number 18th. What about you, Peter? Yeah, not too far off. I have Goyas at 20th place. Um, I mean, when you look at the roster, it's just it's just not good enough. They're a team that's going to be bouncing between Serie A and Serie B, in my opinion. Uh, they finished 13th last year, but a lot of that, like you said, so much of that was on the back of Pedro Raul. He's moved on. 
Um, and uh, there's even further problems. Their manager, Guto Ferreira, has been fired. They don't have a manager um, as of right now. They brought in a few players, Julian Palacios, Bruno Mello, and Mateus Peixoto, uh, but they lost Pedro Raul and uh, Danilo Barcelos as well. Not a bad player. Um, so for me, I think they're going down and they're going down in, in some flames. I have them, uh, in the basement in in 20th place. All right. Probably not a surprise there. Uh, this next one may surprise Gremio, uh, finished, uh, second in Serie B last year. Hanato Gaucho, the legendary coach for Gremio is back at the reins there. Um, added some really nice players, Natan, Vina, uh, but, Franco Cristaldo has been amazing for them as well. I highly covet this player. I wish he went to Santos. Uh, but the jewel in the crown, we've been talking about him all through the state tournaments. The number nine, Luis Suarez joins, uh, and he brings so, so much. Uh, got a few, rid of a few players, Janderson, Leo Gomes, and actually Alcason, who I didn't even realize had rejoined um, the, the Brazilian league. Um, he, uh, is a Chinese citizen now plays for the Chinese national team, but, uh, he was back in, uh, Brazil last season, but, uh, now he's gone. So it's like he was never here, but Romeo I'm high on, and this could be my undoing. Uh, I fully admit that this is a bit of a risk. Um, and even today I saw Luis Suarez already, there's worries about a, a knee injury that's been bugging him, but I have Gremio all the way up in seventh place. That's a Sudamericana spot. Enric just gave me such a weird look. I have them all the way up there in seventh. Um, and depending on, you know, who finishes where in, in the cup competitions, they could even be finding themselves in the Libertadores qualifying round. Enric, I know, I know, I know, but I'm so high on Luis Suarez. I'm really high on Cristaldo. And I'm just riding this wave of Gremio. Go ahead. Tell me how dumb I am. Where do you have them? I was about to raise my hands and say, let's go after Flamengo. This is going to be our next uh, compromise in the predictions. <laughs> but I have Gremio set as number four. I understand oh. that in a way they're probably going to have a little suffering this season, but I have high hopes for them. Even if Luis Suarez is injured, I think they're going to do really great. And that's why, in my opinion, they get top four in the Brasileiro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whoa! I thought I had them overachieving. Wow, fourth is crazy. Um, but I like it. I like it. We're thinking on the same lines. They've got a coach in Hanato Gaucho who's been there. He knows the club. He's a club legend. He's won Libertadores with them. I I really think this year could be good. And this is the the beauty about Brazil. You could have a team that finishes. They didn't even win the division in Serie B last year, and they are pushing in the top half of the table. Um, so we'll have to keep eyes on exactly where this team ends up in the grand th- scheme of things. Um, but wow, fourth and seventh, we're really high uh, on Gremio, which I absolutely love. Enric, what about the rivals? The rivals. So depending on the Campeonato Gaucho, you would imagine that the rivals have to be lower and they're not too low compared to Gremio. Only one spot, in my opinion, they're going to be finishing fifth in the championship. Okay, wow, Internacional fifth. Um, before I get to my rank, uh, just keep in mind that they did finish second last year. Uh, they disappointed in the Sudamericana. They lost in the quarterfinals to Peruvian side uh, Melgar. Uh, coached by another really uh, 
great coach, Mano Menezes, uh, who is has his name up in the list uh, for the Salasau. Uh, they brought back Luis Adriano to his boyhood club, and he's already scored and chipped in. Aaron Gies, Nico Hernandez, Mario Fernandes, uh, and the keeper, Jean. Uh, but they did lose heartbeat of the team, Edge Nielsen, Tyson, uh, Brian Romero, and the a young guy who actually went to Ukraine. I was surprised to see that. He joined Dnipro. Uh, but Zhao Peglo, um, a really, really nice player, um, played in the Olympics, really high, highly rated player. Uh, but they all left. Enric, I got to be, uh, I'm, I'm kind of down on Internacional, watching them. I know they were a machine. They climbed up the table last year, but I actually have them taking, again, a few steps back. Uh, really disappointed in their start. Um, I think they more or less equalizes in their ins and outs. I don't really know what Iron Geese is going to be able to do. Mario Fernandez is kind of old. Luis Adriano looks great, but um, but you know we'll see where that goes. Again, this could totally, totally come back to haunt me, but I actually have Internacional finishing down in 10th place. Uh, so uh, a bit of a fall from grace for Internacional, in my opinion. Um, some of that is on them, but I think most of that is just, I think a lot of these other teams have improved uh, quite a bit. All right. So speaking of teams that uh, are going to do well, uh, Palmeiras is next. They were, of course, champions last year. Uh, they finished in the semifinals of um, the Libertadores, uh, going out just by the skin of their teeth, despite their best efforts uh, to Atletico Paranaense and Vitor Roque, uh, managed by the unflappable Abel Ferreira. Uh, not a lot of additions. Um, I've seen some criticism of Leo, Leila Ferreira, um, who, who runs things over there with uh, Palmeiras. Uh, they added Artur, the star striker from Red Bull Bragancino, and uh, Richard uh, Rios, a Colombian uh, center mid, really, really good Paulista. They added him from Guarani. So um, we'll see if he can uh, keep up with Brasileirao Serie A. Uh, but they got rid of Wesley Ribeiro, Gustavo Scarpa, George, and Mateus Fernandes. Um, Enric, uh, probably no surprise, just given uh, the teams that are left on the board. I have them finishing, unfortunately, uh, in the number one spot again. I think they're going to be champions of Brazil. They are a machine. Um, we saw them, I think, you know, I don't think they're as good as last year. We saw them, they're definitely not um, uh, un unbeatable. Um, we saw them lose to Aguasanta OLA which was a little bit embarrassing, um, but they came barnstorming back. Uh, again, I think they have it all. I have, they have depth, they have star power. Um, they have uh, an incredible prospect in Andriki. Um, and I think they'll do it again this year. I just, I, when you look at the roster, they didn't need to add that much, but even just adding Artur, um, really, really impressive. Um, one of the best strikers in the division, uh, just adding to a team uh, that, uh, that is already, you know, the best in the land. So uh, where do you have Palmeiras finishing? Well, uh, I would have said that Palmeiras would win the championship as well. But originally I had Fluminense finishing in the number one spot. So Palmeiras, in my opinion, has to get number two. And as you said earlier, more, import more importantly than anything, 
they have the power of toying around with their opponents and the ability to come back as they did against Agua Santa and Tombense a couple days ago when they conceded one or two goals and immediately were able to win the match. So they're not too far. A number two spot uh, is the place that I would give them. And hopefully, if possible, I would like to see them go even lower. But I don't think that's a possibility in within maybe five or ten years. So Palmeiras finishes second, in my opinion. I was just going to say that, um, you know, I think we're seeing possibly the beginnings of Palmeiras' reign uh, coming apart. Andriki's going to be leaving in, in the next couple of years. And uh, I don't think they're as good as they've been the last two years when they won the Libertadores and when they won the Brasileirao, but they're always going to be a threat. So uh, Palmeiras for me, number one, Palmeiras for you, number two. Okay, and heading into the last four teams, I believe, Rebel Bragantino. I don't think they're going to be having a crazy season, but in my opinion, they go down to Serie B. I have them placed as number 17th because I don't see big other big teams lower than them. So in my opinion, that's where they'll end up, and hopefully they end up because I don't like them as a team and I would like to see him in uh, second division next year. <laughs> All right, I don't. I don't have. I'm not too far off actually. Um, uh, I had them in 15th place. They finished 14th last year. Um, again, managed by a Portuguese, uh, Pedro Cachinha. Um, they added some nice pieces, uh, but I don't think it's going to make up for their loss of our tour. They added that uh, Juninho Capixaba, Mateus Fernandes, and Eduardo Sasha to try to fill some of the gap from Artur. But Artur is such a great striker. He really carried them a lot last year. Um, and I just don't think Sasha's up to the task. Different type of striker as well. Um, I, I think I think you're not far off. I could see them going down. Uh, I saw enough from them, I think, in the Paulista that I, I think they're going to stay, but I think they're going to stay in that dead zone, out of Sudamericana, out of the relegation. Uh, but it could be... Uh, some nervous times for uh, uh, Bragantino fans towards the end of the season. Uh, but again, yeah, I have them ultimately finishing above the relegation zone in 15th place. All right, Enric, this one might be hard. Think with your brain, not your heart. Uh, Santos uh, finished 12th last year, uh, bounced from Sudamericana um, from uh, the Venezuelan side, uh, Deportivo Ashira. Um, Odair Hellman is the manager. Uh, added a whole host of players. Doji, we've talked about already this episode. Uh, Daniel Ruiz, um, uh, Steven Mendoza. Um, and then they just added a trio of Agua Santa players. Uh, Luin, uh, Luan Diaz, um, Bruno Mazenga, who of course was one of the best scorers in uh, Campeonato Paulista. Um, and then uh, Gabriel Innocencia. Uh, but we uh, shifted on Vinny Zanocello, Gabriel Pirani, Jean, uh, Brian Angulo, uh, went back to Ecuador, amongst others. Enric, this is going to be kind of boring, but uh, I have them finishing finishing in the exact same place, that 12th, 12th spot. I don't think they got much better, but I don't think they got much worse. I think maybe some of the stability that Helman can bring uh will will help us out um 
I see a lot of people thinking that we might be in a relegation scrap. Um, I am not that pessimistic, but again, this is my team. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Um, I just think that we're going to find some stability. We're going to get Soteldo back. We're going to have Marcus Leonardo firing in goals. Um, my one kind of wild card here is depending on what happens this summer, does Marcos Leonardo leave? That's going to leave an enormous hole that I'm not sure a 34-year-old Bruno Mazenga is going to fill. Uh, does Angelo leave? He's not playing a starter's role right now, but he could grow into it, and he's such a dynamic player. Uh, but that also, on the flip side, frees up some money. So so it's kind of uh, one of those things where it could kind of even out. Um, so I have them finishing in 12th. Uh, what about you? Well, when I created this sheet of predictions, one thing I focused on is not to be biased. And it's difficult to say about a Santos team who really hasn't been good in the past. But in my opinion, I have not finishing 14th because looking at the whole list of teams, uh, there's other ones like 12th place. In my opinion, Atletico Paranaense and then 13th Fortaleza. I don't think we're better than any of these two teams. So that's why, in my opinion, number 14 for Santos is not a bad one. And I would be happy if they end up there and they do good in other competitions like Copa do Brasil, Copa Sudamericana. And even if they do they do great in Campeonato Brasileiro, at least I'll be happy that they're overachieving based on my predictions. So it's better to say that they finish 14th and then have them see even higher than say, oh, they're going to be finishing sixth and then end up maybe in the relegation zone. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, now, now I'm feeling like I might have overrated them. <laughs> um, but let's keep plugging on. Uh, what about Sao Paulo? Sao Paulo, in my opinion, is a team that's growing and I have them placed as number six. They're going to be amongst the top teams in the Campeonato Brasileiro. So I think they're, we're going to see good things from them this season. Interesting. Okay. Sao Paulo, uh, remember, finished in ninth place last year. Uh, they were the Copa Sudamericana runners-up, uh, managed by club legend Rogério Senni. Um, they added some really nice players. Padrinho from Locomotive. I think we talked about him on the transfer episode. Uh, Rafael Wellington Rato from Atletico um, Goianense, who was great last year. And then for me, the most impressive signing, Arison, uh, formerly of Botafogo. We asked in our episode about with uh, with Pete um, from Glorious Botafogo about Arison. Um, he was a great player for Botafogo, and he's proving to be a great player for Sao Paulo as well. Uh, they got rid of Nicao, who didn't really work, Reynaldo, Miranda, Eder. And then uh, Igor Gomes. So um, some good players going out, but I think I think probably generally they improved. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, I'm kind of second guessing myself. You had them way up. I had actually had them in eleventh. Um, and uh, I just I'm I'm not completely sold on them. I think they're inconsistent, and I think they loaded up too much on players in similar positions. They've got Luciano. Paleri, Arison, Pedrinho. Um, and, you know, I would love for them to be playing with all those players at the same time. And who knows, maybe they will. But um, I, I, I just, I'm wondering if um, they're a little bit off balance. 
and that's contributing to some of their inconsistency. Also, they weren't great in the Paulista, um, so I was taking that into account as well. Um, it's likely that they'll probably finish above my prediction, but uh, still, I'm, I'm not as sold on Sao Paulo as, as you seem to be, um, so that's why I've got them in that 11th place. All right, final team of the Campeonato Brasileiro, Brasileiro uh, 2023, Vasco da Gama, uh, finished in fourth place in Serie B, uh, managed by Mauricio Barbieri. Uh, and man, did they ever add players, uh, possibly the most impressive signing list. Uh, Pedro Raul, Andre Santos, Jair, Luca Ariano, Lucas Piton, uh, Robson Bamboo, former Menino de Villa, or former Santos player, always a Menino, Menino de Villa, and a player that we talked about, scored a banger already, uh, Puma Rodriguez. Um, they got rid of Nene, who you got a funny tweet about, uh, him loving Serie B, um, uh, Haniel, Quintero, and Fabio Gomez. Um, for me, I think they've done a lot of really impressive stuff in the transfer market. Um, really like where Vasco are. They've got blocks to build on. Um, they've got really high quality players. Um, and I think this is going to be a good year for them. I think about them in the same vein as I think about Gremio. Um, and I think they are going to be one of those teams that just shoot up the table uh, all the way from Serie B last year. I have them actually finishing in a Sudamericana spot in ninth place for Vasco. Okay, you're not too far from me again. I have them set as number 10th. I believe they're going to be doing great in the season as well. So maybe a number 10 spot is not too harsh to say. And that, hopefully that's the place where they will end up either ninth or 10th, depending on how good they do. Okay, we have done the calcs. We crunched the numbers. We did a lot of complex math. Uh, something called an average between our two scores. Uh, and we decided, like we said, if there's any ties, we would talk it over. And we have, we had two ties. But uh, Enric and I, again, we just took the average, we sorted them, and we talked through any ties. We have an official Smoking Snake 2023 Brasileiro table of predictions. Enric, why don't you read us through it from top or sorry, bottom to top. Um, and we can talk about our two, our two ties as you go. All right. So the list that we are waiting for starts with number 20, Cuiaba, 19, Goiás, number 18th, Curitiba, and 17th, Bahia. So these are the four teams that we think are gonna get relegated. Number 16th, Rebel Bragancino. Uh 15th, Cruzeiro, 14th is going to be Fortaleza, and then 13th, Santos, not too bad of a finish, if you ask me. Number 12 is America Mineiro, and then between the number 10 and 11 spot, this is where the first agreement needed to be taken between both of us, uh, Botafogo and Vasco. We thought that Vasco will end up 11th and Botafogo 10th. Number nine will be Sao Paulo. Number eight, Atletico Paranaense. Seventh will be Internacional. Number six, Atletico Mineiro. Five is for Corinthians. Number four for Gremio. Third spot for Flamengo. 
And then Peter, let us know who will be the number two and number one finish. Yeah, again, so as you guys probably guessed, a lot of complex math going on here, but Enric had flew top. I had Palmeiras top. I had flew two. He had Palmeiras two. Obviously, that is equal out, so we had to talk it over. Um, we ultimately went with the order of Fluminense in second place and Palmeiras number one for the reason being uh, this. I had Palmeiras number one this whole time. I think that they, again, like I said, for all the same reasons, they're the best team in the division for me. Enric had multiple iterations of his table that flipped and flopped Fluminense and Palmeiras. And we kind of thought that, you know, if I'm 100% Palmeiras and he's 50 or 49% Palmeiras, 51% Fluminense, add the percentages together. Overall, I think we think it's more likely as a unit, as a podcasting duo, uh, that Palmeiras are going to finish first. So that's how we ended up with that order. Um, Palmeiras, the champions of our hypothetical prediction table, congrats to them. Uh, but we want to see them do it out there on the pitch. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this little episode of, or this little segment of, uh, of predictions because we're not done yet. We're going to do a little bit of a bonus prediction round. That's less predictions, but more wishful thinking. Uh, Enric and I were talking through and we thought it'd be fun to take a look at Syria B and Syria C and don't worry, we're not going to go through the whole divisions one by one and start talking about, you know, the, all the different players from CSER and whether they can make it back up to Serie B. But we are going to do pick four teams that we would like to be promoted uh, from each division and uh, four teams from Serie B that we would like to be promoted. This is not a prediction. This is just our, we, we could, you could want them to be promoted because of their badge. You could want them to be relegated because they, uh, are your most hated team and that uh, you still remember them from 2014 in the Pauli style. <laughs> uh, if you don't get the joke, I'm talking about Ituano, um, but um, they could be for any reason, right? So um, I think it's kind of a fun exercise and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get us started. Uh, let's start in Syria C. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to promote um, Walter Redondo. Uh, Sal Bernardo, Remo, and Figuerense. Um, Figuerense, historic team founded in uh, something like 1905. Bobby Firmino came out of the club, um, and they are a great rival to um, Avaí. And um, big fan of the city of Santa Catarina. Um, I think they deserve another team in the mix. Remo, I love the badge, very historic. Volta Redonda, love the badge as well, and um, did well in, in the Carioca. But uh, Sal Bernardo as well really impressed me in the Paulista. And, um, you know, they're kind of uh, one of my two uh, or one of my favorite pet teams in, in Paulista. So, uh, Enric, go ahead and tell me your four would like to be promoted in uh, Serious A or C. I really like your predictions because. Because three of those teams are also teams that I would like to see in Serie B uh, the season after this one. Uh, Remo, as I've said before, is a historic club and I love their club anthem. And 
Sao Bernardo has had a really good run in the Campeonato Paulista this last season. So why not see them get promoted to higher divisions as time goes by? Uh, Figurense, a team that I really liked before, and they used to be in the first division back when Neymar used to play. And I think Neymar scored an amazing goal either in 2012 or 2013, which I really remember. And it's sad to see how they have gone so down between those seasons. But of course, I would like them to see going back up. And they're a team that, based on my knowledge, they ne never really challenged Santos or got any interesting results. Every time we would play against them, it was either a win or a draw. Like maybe defeats were every once in a while, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, just just you you. Um... I think he did score that amazing goal, but also uh, this is a team that was in FIFA at one point. And so it is a little bit uh, strange to see them one in one of the FIFAs, but then languishing in the third division of the Brazilian league, which I don't think these days is even in FIFA um, with, uh, you know, real players at least. So yeah, I like the pick. All right. And then the fourth team that I have listed, uh, maybe, the Remo fans will be won't be too happy because I'm talking about their state rivals, Pio Sandu. I think they have a really cool badge. The blue is a color that I like most of all. And I hope they have a cool name as well. I would like to see him get promoted to the next division that's next year. All right. All right. So they're going up. Who's going down, Enric? All right. I wonder who. I, I wonder who. <laughs> well, I don't think you're right because you would imagine that Ituano is a team I really hate, but I don't hate them that much to the <laughs> point that I would like to see them go down. I think last year they came so close to getting promoted to the first division. Unluckily for them, they didn't make it happen because they lost last, last game against Vasco da Gama while playing at home. But uh, I would like to see Mirasol, Chapestroense, Juventuji, and Sampaio Correra go down. And the reasons for that are Sampaio Correa and Mirasol, really, I don't like their badge. Uh, I think the yellow and the green, and then, of course, for Sampaio, the red combinations within these two really doesn't go along with each other. So even last year, I think I watched them play a little bit in Serie B, and they kept struggling from match to match. Mirasol, I think, got promoted uh, from Serie C, and I don't know how I feel about it. It's... Uh, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo team that's mostly probably played in uh, Serie D and I think in Serie D or Serie C there's other big teams in my opinion that deserve to be in this league and Juventuji uh, I was not a fan of seeing them in the first division in the first place and having them get relegated doesn't mean that that's enough in my opinion I don't I don't think Juventus is a team that really has had any history in the past. I'm although I might be wrong, still I want to see them maybe get have give the chance to other teams from the third division get promoted. So I'm I want Juventus to go down and Chapistroense. I know they had that car or airplane crash back in 2017 and they had a lot of time to rebuild and with all these new players that came on in my opinion to replace the original ones that were unfortunately the happened to be in the accident still all these young players in my opinion should have taken the chance and opportunity to play for this big club and 
have created some history after that crash, but it didn't happen to be so. They get they got relegated from first to second division where they currently play, and even the second division they usually end up between the 16th and 12th spots. So that's why I have those four teams uh, getting relegated. What's your oh. prediction, Peter? Oh, that's harsh on Shavik Oense. But, um, <laughs> well, listen, uh, I'm relegating four teams that really have annoyed me in the past. Um, and uh, I'm, I feel good this week because Santos got one up on Botafogo of Sao Paulo. But for me, they've got to go down. Uh, you'll notice a trend here that these are all Sao Paulo teams that have annoyed me uh, in the past when Santos has, has had to play them, especially in the Paulista. Botafogo's annoying. They're a decent side. Uh, Guarani as well um, can go down. Uh, again, a team that I just, I, it's annoying to play against, but that's nothing compared to the next team. Um, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but uh, this team is annoying for a couple different reasons. One, I have also a horrible time pronouncing this name. Um, and two, uh, they've had these struggles with Santos where they're just so boring. And it's just like I'm watching this game on an illegal website. My computer's, uh, you know, 100 degrees uh, or 200 degrees Kelvin. And I'm watching a nil-nil draw where Novo... Orizan Chino score one at the end. And man, is it annoying to watch? I think they have a bad badge and they have way too long of a name. Uh, so I'm relegating them as well. Uh, Enric, we can hold hands and come together and, and sing Kumbaya now because we can both agree that Mirasol should be in Syriasa. Seriously, um, uh, Mirasol's got to go. Uh, again, another really annoying. Uh, so at least the team that I just have no time for and uh, and they could go down. Um, all right, now we might get into some more disagreements here. Uh, my promotions uh, that I would give out, I'm going to start off with two disagreements. I'm promoting Juventuji. Uh, really, um, I like the club badge. I like the club kit. Uh, it's a historically uh, Italian-Brazilian club. Um, and I think that, uh, the, um, the, the South needs, um, okay. Maybe the South doesn't need more teams, but I think that province Rio Grande do Sul needs a, a few more teams. So I, I I'm, I'm promoting Juventuji based on that. And I'm also, I hate to do this to you. I am promoting Sampaio Correa as well. Um, I hundred percent agree with you. The badge is shocking. It's horrible. They need to change it. It looks like one of those generic uh, create your own club badges in FIFA. Um, but I'll tell you what I do like. Um, I really like the kit. If you haven't seen the kit, it's uh, a striped kit or striped shirt, uh, striped three kind of big stripes vertically, red, yellow, green. I think it's really unique. I think it's really cool. Um, and I think... Um, you know, it's just, it's just, you see that shirt and you instantly know. And I love that about a club. Um, and uh, they're not the best team in the world, uh, but I think it would be cool to see them uh, with that aesthetic uh, uh, playing in Syria. Um, and uh, yeah, love, love to see it. Um, also from a not as well-known region of, of Brazil and city. Um, so, uh, so kind of cool there. 
Um, and then I'm going to promote uh, Atarako Goyen and say this is kind of a more serious one. I thought they had a great season last season. I'm sad to see them go down. Uh, the Dragons, as they're known. Um, some great players that have now been picked off um, by the, the Syria clubs, but they had a great run in Sudamericana, and they we thought they were on the verge of a great escape uh, that just ran out of steam last year. So great. Uh, love that from ACG last year. That's why I'm promoting them. And then lastly, I just think it's a funny name, um, ABC or ABC. Um, you know, love love the name, love the badge. ABC FC uh, sounds like NYC FC, a little bit ridiculous, um, but I like to see them. And they've gotten some surprising results against Vasco and Copa do Brazil um, and Copa Nordeste. Um, so uh, those are my four. Um, so, Enric, feel free to react and, and give me your four as well. All right, so two of your four were the teams that I predicted to be relegated, so different <laughs> opinions, which I like to see. But uh, I would like to see uh, Londrina get promoted. They're the team that, that I remember Santos played either in 2013 or 2014, or Copa do Brazil, back when Gabigol was in the team. So really good times. Every time I see their club and the badge, the blue, again, is the color I like. Two other teams that used to play normally in the Campeonato Brasileiro, Vitoria and Sport Recife, are also teams that I want to see get promoted just for that nostalgic feeling of remembering them in the past decade. And lastly, the team that you also mentioned, Atletico Goianiense, deserve to be in the top four because they were really unlucky based on the end of the season last year, how they played. They were unlucky to get relegated. There might have been other teams like Coritiba uh, and Cuiaba who probably deserved, but somehow Atletico Guayanense couldn't get out of the last uh, lower four and got relegated. So hopefully they come back next year. All right. I like those picks. And I, I, I'm I'm with you. I like when we have disagreements. I like when we have different opinions. Um, I could have sworn Itawana was going down, uh, but... Uh... <laughs> But you surprised me there and, and surprise i also like surprises so so there you have it guys those are our predictions those are our um kind of more fun um uh wants to see uh in the in the bottom two divisions uh we're definitely not experts on those divisions although uh, there's always a lot of great action um in those divisions uh and uh, a lot of historic teams as there are across brazil um, just, just one of the things that makes us love, uh, you know, the nation of Brazil and, and, and the game of football in Brazil. Um, so that being said, uh, let's move on to the last segment, um, to, uh, uh of the podcast. Uh, we are just going to run through some of the, um, Libertadores and Sudamericana fixtures, uh, that are coming up midweek. Um, some big games um and uh some games that maybe are a little bit lopsided uh as you would expect in in the early rounds of this group phase uh in the continental competitions so enric let's start with copa libertadores um i've got my eye on uh, one game um well really two actually um this week uh that look really tasty in my opinion uh wondering what you think of this week's matchups in copa libertadores 
Well, uh, I know the team that or the teams that you're having your eye on. It's Tarico Paranaense against Tarico Mineiro. Of course, when two Brazilian teams meet, uh, that's really a good feeling to see them play. Although I would have liked to see all the Brazilian teams be playing in different groups, which by having two, it makes it harder for them to qualify for the next stage. But anyways, this is going to be a big game. And also Corinthians playing Argentinos juniors, Brazilian and Argentinian side coming up against each other on Thursday. And the same day, Flamengo also plays. Friday, we'll be watching Palmeiras. And then Wednesday, Internacional and Fluminense on the other side. So what are your, your opinions about, about any of these teams, Peter? Enric, it's crazy. We're on completely different pages sometimes, but other times we're on the exact same page. Those are the games that I had in mind. Like you said, Atletico Paranense and Atletico Minero, um, they'll be just coming off the back of their season openers um, in, uh, in in Campeonato Brasileiro. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope, what the lineups they put out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be cool to see this, this high-level clash um, two teams that I think we had, uh, well, in our, in our aggregated table or average table, um, you know, we had on the top end of the table, um, and some really nice stars, more, some veteran stars for Atletico Monero, uh, more younger stars for Atletico Paranense, of course, talking about Vitor Roque. Um, so very cool to see, um, Corinthians as well, um, need to, to get over that, that, uh, pretty disappointing loss. Uh, in Copa do Brasil, we'll see what they do this weekend, um, and uh, they'll be lucky enough to uh, to host this time uh, the Argentinos Juniors. Um, so yeah, so like some exciting football to be played. Um, what about Copa Sudamericana? Uh, we've got some uh, big games there: some Brazil versus Argentina as well. Uh, Santos do play um, as well as um, Sao Paulo. And Botafogo, two other teams that I think that uh, you know um, we're both pretty high on, or at least uh, on our aggregate table. I know you're more high on Sao Paulo. Um, what do you think when it comes to this uh, Copa Sudamericana um, group stage games? Well, both championships are going to be fun to watch, and especially with Sudamericana having Santos play, which will happen to be on Wednesday or Friday against Audax Italiano from a Chilean team. It's going to be great. I'm glad that we got the three points in the first round, and now we have a chance to extend that lead to six points while playing in Villa Belmiro. So hopefully this will be a fun game to watch and hopefully a win for Santos. But there's other Brazilians uh, playing as well. As you mentioned, America playing against Defensa and Justiça, who I believe won the Sudamericana in 2020. So they're going to be a tough team to beat. And San Lorenzo from Argentina coming up against Fortaleza. San Lorenzo also won Copa Libertadores, I believe, in 2013 or 14. And people 14, say... Yeah. This is the team that uh, Pope Francis is a fan of. So one of the reasons why they won the league or Copa Libertadores could have been him becoming the Pope. So I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But a team that probably many people would like to see play. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, well, firstly, uh, yeah, defensive. It's interesting. Some of these teams that we'll see, these Brazilian teams, I think we have not doing as well. And we'll see what they can do away from home. Um, I'm talking about American Monero against Defensa, San Lorenzo home to Fortaleza, like you said. 
And Peruvian side, that's not actually that bad. Universitario versus Goyas, you'd expect the Peruvians to get um, three points, especially at home, out of that. Um, but uh, on San Lorenzo, um, uh, I'm a big fan of the BBC's, um, uh, what is it called? The, the World uh, Football Phone-In with Dutton Adebayo and um, Tim Vickery. And um, uh, they were talking about just last week, uh, San Lorenzo is, is being the Pope's team. He's a fan. And apparently he's got someone on his staff in Rome. Um, obviously, the busy guy doesn't have time to uh, to watch, but he's got someone on his staff who watches the games and keeps up with the games and uh, gives him match reports. Uh, so pretty cool um, to be on the Pope's team. And uh, you got you to think that helped uh, in 2014. I know they haven't had as much success, um, but also really nice color scheme there, um, San Lorenzo. But anyways, um, those are the Libertadores and Sudamericana predictions. Um, and there it is. That is the, uh, that is the episode. Uh, again, we'll be back next week reviewing uh, the Brasil de Rao. Uh, we're so pumped for this upcoming season. We've got some exciting interviews uh, lined up. We've got prospective interviewees lined up. Uh, and we are just so pumped to start this season so um, with that being said, thank you again for listening and uh, have a great night. <laughs>